Iowa has 50,000 COVID cases and hundreds of thousands without power. What a week. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the week's top news stories. Uh, my name is Matt Sonovic. I'm the executive director of Progress Iowa. Um, and typically we go through a number of stories, but we have one uh, significant uh, um, overarching story that really hit home in Iowa this week. Uh, of course, the derecho uh, uh, landlocked hurricane. Um, but I first want to run through some of the other headlines that we're not going to have time to cover um, first of all, some great news, um, some exciting news. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris was named the vice presidential nominee, so it, it will be Biden-Harris um, heading into the DNC convention next week. Um, some really awful news. We hit uh, 50,000 confirmed COVID cases in the state of Iowa, and we are approaching 1,000 deaths. Um, uh, Senator Ernst decided that this is a great time to go on vacation. The Senate adjourned without any additional COVID relief. Um, uh, that happened uh, just yesterday. We're recording on Friday, August 14th. Um, students are still being planned on being marched into school in a very dangerous situation, and numbers are spiking across the country um, as those schools are reopening. Um, and then just minutes ago before we recorded, a Kanye West applied to be on the ballot in Iowa to run for president um, in Iowa, which is, of course is being backed by um, by a number of Republican operatives, and, including the the Trump family in, in D.C. So, um, but those are the stories that got overshadowed this week by the derecho storm that hit on Monday, uh, that that swept across the state of Iowa and the entire Midwest with Category Two hurricane level winds. Um, I did not. I'll be perfectly honest, had no idea what a derecho was um, before this happened this week. Um, we, uh, thankfully, at, at our house in, in Urbandale, uh, we never lost power. We had a lot of tree damage, but no no significant, significant damage here. But that was not the case for so many in our state and across the, uh, across the Midwest. Um, hundreds of thousands um, lost, lost power and, and, and um, nearly 200,000 as of this morning were still without power in our state. Um, this has not been covered significantly by the national media. It has not been taken seriously enough, in our opinion, by Governor Reynolds. And so we wanted to go through a lot of this story uh, today and hear from people on, on the ground. Um, we are People are waiting for relief from the state and federal government. Just last night and this morning, uh, the Iowa National Guard was called in to help start helping with the cleanup. Um, but this was through several days after the storm hit. Um, and uh, for the last couple of days, our organizer, Amy Adams, was in Cedar Rapids talking about talking to people, helping with whatever she could, um, and, and learning more about the situation there, um, seeing people who are just literally running their cars to charge their cell phones, um, and, and people with limited cell service. They couldn't even call 911 to get help. Um, but, but Amy was there uh, on the ground, and so we're going we're gonna to play some audio from her right now. Uh, who, she's going to take us kind of soup to nuts through the entire situation from when the storm hit to what is needed on the ground. So, um, so now the, the next voice you will hear is, is Progress Iowa's organizer, Amy Adams, who was on the ground in Cedar Rapids the last couple of days. On Monday, wind gusts of over 100 miles an hour, a Category 2 hurricane equivalency, blew through parts of the Midwest 
and there was significant damage in Iowa. News outlets are covering this as a weather anomaly and not the humanitarian crisis that it is. At one point, nearly 100,000 Iowans were without power. For those who live in rural areas where they depend on wells, this means they have no drinking water. Cornfields were flattened, trees were uprooted and snapped in half, and homes were damaged and destroyed. In the aftermath of this, there is debris and damage to be cleaned. In areas like Cedar Rapids, the entire city was hit. There's no place for respite because all the electricity is down. There are lines for fuel because people are in need of gasoline for generators, their gas-powered chainsaws, and their vehicles. Folks are running their cars just so they can charge their cell phones. Cell phone towers and signal beacons were damaged, so many people are without cell phone service. In the immediate hours following this tragic event, folks were not able to call 911 for help, to get services, or to notify family members that they were okay or that they needed help. Banks are down because they rely on computers, they rely on the internet, so many people had to use cash to pay for whatever they needed if and when stores were open. People with EBT cards were out of luck. Many of the people had already used their EBT cards at the beginning of the month to purchase groceries. Those groceries are now rotting in their refrigerators. Due to COVID, cleaning supplies are hard to come by. Many have to travel one to two hours just to get non-perishable food items, fuel, and maybe a hot meal. People had been socially isolating prior to this disaster. Now they have to travel more frequently just to look for something as simple as a bag of ice. People are worried about contracting COVID because they have to go out and they have to go to a number of places. Sadly, COVID is secondary behind meeting their basic needs. For many people, roads in their neighborhoods were completely or partially blocked. If their vehicles weren't damaged, they had to unbury them from piles of trees and debris. It took until Thursday of this week for the mayor and the governor to even discuss the National Guard coming to Lynn County and Cedar Rapids. People are hurting. They're looking for help. A federal disaster declaration is needed so people can access the funds and the services that they need to move forward on cleanup and recovery. So thank you so much, Amy, for making the trek to Cedar Rapids, for helping and for gathering a lot of pictures and video that we will share on the website. Um, we couldn't share them all um, uh, during this podcast episode, and um, but we will share whatever we can online. Um, she got a number of pictures uh, from people who are sending them in um, and, and, and some video. So the next uh, voice you'll hear is Tanya Street Burgess, who had a lot of damage to her property. Not uh, she she goes into great detail about it uh, in the in the in the clip here. Um, we'll also post the video that she shared um, on the website for or, or for this uh, for this for this episode. Um, but you can hear her describing some of the damage to her house and others in her area. So the next voice you hear will be Tanya Street. We're just talking about some of the damage that that ha that occurred because of this storm. We are actually uh, what day three on having no electricity. Um, this is the kind of stuff that you see all over Cedar Rapids. I'm surprised um, this one is still standing, but it, you could see that it's taken a lot of 
abuse by the winds. My daughter and I, um, we living across the street here at this house, um, watched from our basement window um, our neighbor's tree get pulled from the roots and landed on top of their car. Um, we had to chase down our yardies and um, and we've got uh, you can see the dish uh, on top of our house it's totally um, mutilated there are wires on top of the house um, this is uh, actually nothing compared to some of the damage that my um, friends and family have endured losing their roof uh, along with their house and of course the building that I work with uh, seems um, like they don't have a wall anymore and cannot go back for a while. Now thankfully there are elected officials who are taking uh, situations like Tanya's and others uh, seriously um, even though Governor Reynolds we have called on her to to request and demand a presidential uh, disaster declaration we did that yesterday. She had a press conference today that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but Congresswoman Abby Finkenauer, who represents uh, Cedar Rapids and and much of northeast and, and northeastern Iowa, um, has been all over this and really taking a, a strong leadership role. Um, and this clip that she posted online is her basically doing all but pleading with the governor. And the and and federal officials to do more. So, really want you to listen to this because uh, Congresswoman Finkenauer has been has been a tremendous leader these last few days, um, as she typically is, um, and and in, in representing her district and calling for support. Hello, Iowa One. Um, I am here in Cedar Rapids, uh, where my new husband and I are with uh, hundreds of thousands of Iowans right now that are still without power. Um, we are looking at getting on our fourth night of no electricity. Um, we are definitely not alone here and this is the scene of what we see in our neighborhood. Just to show a bit, you can see the power lines still an issue. Um, on top of that, with not having electricity, um, folks are having to rely on generators if they're lucky enough to have them, and then also if they're lucky enough to find gas to put into them. On top of that, we have a shortage of ice. We need ice here um, to make sure that folks can, I mean, I had talked to one neighbor earlier um, who's worried about breast milk and being able to keep that cool and frozen. Um, on top of that, um, we have another neighbor, you know, who needed to get medication. Um, there was one pharmacy that they were able to get it at. Um, you know, this is just a really scary time because especially when it comes to food, no one really had time to prepare for this. You see, what essentially happened with this derecho was a hurricane coming through the Midwest. But with hurricanes, you typically have days notice, at least usually, um, to be able to get medication, prepare for not having electricity, you name it. Um, and unfortunately, in this case, that did not happen. Um, we didn't know for days. Folks weren't able to prepare the way that one would think we'd be able to during something like this. And it has been a very long road. Again, we're on night four of no electricity. And as you can see from what I just showed you, it's gonna be a bit before it comes back. What this also means is again, folks need food, that we need more assistance here. 
We've been calling on the governor to ask the president to issue a presidential disaster declaration to get FEMA in here to get as many resources as possible. I'm happy to hear finally that the National Guard is coming in with engineers tomorrow, finally to the Cedar Rapids area to help with some of this. Um, our emergency responders have been amazing. Um, however, we just need more help. We need shelters. We need food. We need ice. We need gas. You name it. Um, and we'll continue to push as much as we can. Unfortunately, so much of that federal aid is tied into a presidential declaration. And so we're continuing to push that as much as we can. Um, and we'll keep doing so. Um, this is just a very scary time. On top of it all, some folks may not realize this. Most people don't have connectivity still in Cedar Rapids. I know um, Verizon came in with a few cell towers that have helped out folks that have Verizon. But beyond that, there are a lot of people who still can't even have cell service to even find out what is going on. Um, it is a very scary time here. And again, we are going to do whatever the heck we can uh, to help our folks here in Cedar Rapids and all across the district to get the resources that we desperately need here. Um, we are in this together and uh, uh, we are here if you need us. I know we are urging um, the Red Cross. I know there are some shelters set up. We need we need more. Um, I know the United Way is gathering violent volunteers. So contact the Red Cross, contact United Way. We need all the help we can get here in Iowa one um, and all across the district. Again, this is what we are still seeing. Um, and there is plenty more work left to do. Thanks, everybody. Stay safe and stay well. well thank you, Congresswoman Finkenauer, for all that you are doing for your leadership. Um, and because of calls like that and um, um, uh, calls from groups like ours and from, from other uh, officials and, and just people pleading across the state, finally today, Governor Reynolds said that she would make the official request for a presidential disaster declaration. Uh, unfortunately, she is not doing that until Monday. Um, she has, she says that she is assured that we are going to have every federal resource at our disposal for this. I hope that is the case. Um, I don't know why this has what what has taken so long or what the delay is for this. I mean, we need we need, um, and the, and the people in Cedar Rapids and all over uh, Eastern Iowa and really all over the state um, that, that have been impacted by this need help. We we need the national media to cover this. We need. Uh, the state and the federal government to provide resources for this. Um, so we will be waiting. Everyone else in the state will be waiting too. Um, the, that, the fact that it has taken this long and that people literally could not call 911 for help um, for, for days is, is a tragedy and it's a, it's a failure of leadership, a, a failure of leadership on the part of the governor. Um, so um, please help each other out, do what you can help spread the word about what is going on um, in the state of Iowa and and help with whatever you can. We are going to post uh, a whole list of links where people can um, where people can find out how they can help, where they can track what's going on through um, uh, to track power outages, to provide food assistance and disaster relief resources. People can um, uh, just get the help they need and help each other out. So um, we like to uh, to provide that kind of information so that if you want to step in and do something, you can, and we hope that you do. Um, so uh, next week we will get back to the more typical uh, headlines that we that we normally talk about. We we I, I mentioned them at the top of the episode, um, but for today um, and this week we wanted to make sure and highlight what is happening in our state because of this storm, how we can help, 
and really calling on our elected officials to do their job and to do more to, to aid in our relief. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are mixed and edited by Greg Howenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week.